Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. Well, it's just the three of us in the garage, and we got plenty to talk about this week. We've got the Big Ten canceling fall sports, and there are some differing opinions here on the podcast that we're going to need to get to. We've got some injuries going on at Brown's training camp and some some blame going on for those injuries. Uh, Plus, we've got a never-ending saga going on with the Indians and their starting pitcher. We've got all that, plus we've got Garage Beers of the Week, so come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open the cold one, and join for Garage Beer. All right, and welcome everybody into the Garage Beers podcast, episode 24. And we got a fun one here for you. Uh, no special guests. We're all going to be the special guests here on this week's edition of Garage Beers. As always, I am Michael Keefe. You can find me on Twitter at Garage Beers Mike. You can find the show on Twitter at The Garage Beers. You can also find it there on Instagram. Plus, you can find us on Facebook. Make sure you go follow those pages. We have a good time there. Joining me in the garage this week, as always, over on the east side of Cleveland, our boy Chad Meyer. Chad, what's going on? Yeah. $300 fucking dollars for podcast equipment, and now I'm just doing this on my phone. Listen how good you sound, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, as long as the audio is better, I don't care. I'll do this thing on, 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 a, on, a, on a fucking eight-track tape player if that means the audio is better. That probably will not fix the audio if you did that. But I love how you sound, man. I love how you yeah. sound. Everybody Beautiful. can actually hear me now. The only problem with you doing this on your phone, Chad, is that it actually made your face clearer, too, and that's a problem. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to do an extreme close-up for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chad, again, find Chad on Twitter at Garage Beers Chad. Sounding great. Can't wait to get to his beer of the week and then to argue with him a little bit. We're going to have a good time with that. Uh, but also joining us, as always, down in Nashville, Tennessee, at least this week, making his way back to Cleveland for a little bit uh, this weekend, Joey Whalen at Garage Beers Joe on Twitter. What's going on, Joey? I saw the most beautiful thing at a dog park today. Um, the Cleveland gang is strong and natural. There's a guy sporting an Indian's hat. No tie to Cleveland. Just really like the team. Which is okay. like, right? Super right. rare. Like I feel like you see that with, you know, you got Yankees hats everywhere and Dodgers hats. And, but you never right. see like just someone sporting a tribe hat. Yeah. 
Well, hey, cool. down in Nashville, down in Nashville, you don't have a professional baseball team, so yeah. people got to pick the pick a team. I don't think they have any professional teams here. in Nashville, do they? Professional what? I said I don't oh. think you guys have any professional teams in Nashville, do you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know <laughs> you know what's funny about that, Joe, is. Uh, I remember that from the 90s, Chad. I don't know if you remember that, but when the Indians went on the run of the 90s, which, again, you can argue right now that the run they're on now is better than the run they went on in the 90s, yeah. uh, the Indians were one of the top two or three selling merchandise teams across the country. So you would go, uh, again, my sister lived in New York. You'd go, you'd just be on the subway in New York City and see a whole bunch of tribe hats. You'd go out to Texas or California and see a whole bunch of tribe hats. It was just it was this thing where it really took off and – and I don't know what it is, but when they when they get popular, when they get good, they their merch takes off. You know what's funny is the the dip, the biggest difference between those two teams is basically they they, they flip flop. That's that lineup was yes. star studded, and that pitching was good enough. That this team, that lineup is super streaky, but still has some good hitters. But this pitching is incredible, incredible. So, uh, yeah. So, but but obviously the hitting's more flashy. So back in the nineties, you know. You had your Manny Ramirez's, you had your Kenny Lofton's, you had your Albert Bell's. Like, it was just a bunch of studs in that lineup. Your Paul Sorrento's. Oh my God! <laughs> did you guys? Did you, before we get into it, did you guys ever hear the story about Sorrento when he left? When when they when they let him go? I feel like I did, but I don't remember, and I will not be mad if you recap that for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, now I have no idea if this is true, but I've heard from I've heard from people who work over there. Sorrento was so pissed. That they let him go. He went up to John Hart's office, took a dump right on top of the desk, and just no. left it there. <laughs> he I was mean, so mad. He was like, go. I think that is a very rational and a very logical thing. And I bet the Indians uh, deeply regretted the decision to let him go after he did that. <laughs> he had a great year the day when he left, too. Like when he went to Seattle. He had a yeah. great year that year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we wound up having a pretty decent first baseman uh, yeah. takeover after him. A guy by the yeah. name of Jim Thome. Was it? Thome? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I believe it's French. It's Thome. Uh, Thome, yes. Jim Thome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, boys. So we got some stuff to talk about here tonight. We're going to have some fun. Again, we got we got Ohio State uh, or Big Ten stuff, really, to talk about. We've got the Indians, the Browns. Um, we're going to have a little fun uh, back and forth between me and Chad at the end where we do some uh, some of our little favorite uh, stuff in Cleveland uh, that we're going to go back and forth on too. So before we get into all of that, though, as we always do, we're going to start out with our garage beers of the week, and I'm going to lead us off this week. So it was about 5 o'clock this evening, and I realized that I didn't have any garage beers that I really desperately wanted to bring on the podcast, and so any excuse for me really to go out and buy more beer, I will take advantage of. So... I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Facebook. I didn't give you a lot of time to respond, but uh, several of you did, and I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm going with a friend of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, my friend Lauren Walden uh, came out with. I'm just keeping it. I'm keeping it going with the pumpkin beers because uh, I like them. And we're just getting to that time of the year. It's nice and cool outside still. It's beautiful. It's in the 60s and the 50s tonight, really. But she made the recommendation. She said. I, she, I think she said something like, I know you had pumpkin on last week, but uh, whole hog, uh, uh, next level brews, pumpkin ale is the best pumpkin ale. So I went out and got it. I uh, went down to Simone's here in Lakewood, one of the best beer stores, and I grabbed it. And Lauren, and she isn't kidding. This tastes like a pumpkin pie in a beer. 
and it is spectacular. So it, who's it? Who's it by? Whole Hog. I don't know anything about Whole Hog, and frankly, they give you absolutely no anything about them on their bottle. Ooh. Whole Hog Brewery from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Oh, all right. So it's a Wisconsin right. beer. It's their pumpkin ale, and it's flipping delicious. So sometimes it's good to leave a little bit to to the imagination. I agree. Uh, thank you to to the people that responded. We got I got some good responses, but uh, you know, with the pumpkin, I I I felt I liked the pumpkin theme. Uh, we had suggestions for unicorn farts from Zach Wake, uh, Nicole Deluca. Uh, uh, we had a, a Bodie by Columbus Brewing. Dos Equis, Miller Light was suggested. You know, I wasn't going to buy that shit. Uh, I went with the pumpkin ale from Whole Hog. So thank you to everybody that responded. Let's send it down to Nashville, to Joey. What's your garage beer this week? Uh, I think you might have done a beer for them already, Michael. Uh, But in case you haven't, we're doing them again. Uh, Southern Grist Brewing Company in Nashville. Yes. Yes. I got a uh, Gradient Love New England IPA. And we've done quite a few New England IPAs, I think. This is by far the best one i think that uh i've done and i've had a couple of ones that you guys have done before too i think it's the best out of the ones uh we've done on the show it is very smooth very juicy uh absolutely fantastic i feel like we need like a buzz like like a little sound bit every time we use juicy on the podcast oh god (laughs) (laughs) mike hasn't gone juicy in a while he just likes pumpkin pie beers now did you say juicy Uh, (laughs) uh, or or just like or just like go crazy like peewee's playhouse like "Ah!" uh, no southern grist great uh i went down last time i went down to see you joe i went down looking for bearded iris which is just a delicious brewery that makes great beers and just kind of stumbled upon Southern Grist in a, a store. Uh, and, oh, man, is it awesome. So good yeah. call bringing the Southern Grist on. And uh, when you come home, bring some of those. K. thanks. Bye. Chad, what do yeah. you have going on for your garage beer this week? Uh, well, this is one of the ones I came back with from Delaware, from the Dogfish Head headquarters. Yeah. You, can get, you can get this in Ohio. So, I, you know, but the other one next week, the one I have next week is you cannot. Uh, but I went with Dogfish Head, and it's a uh, a, a Guza. Uh, it's it's the Super Eight Guza beer, and it is it is it, it, it's great. Like it's a sour beer, but it's not too sour. It's very well balanced. It's got oh, it's 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 brewed with a bevy of heroic fruits, uh, and quinoa pours <laughs> a deep, vibrant red with an ample addition of Hawaiian sea salt. So yeah, it's good. Honestly, honestly, what it tastes like is 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 almost like a pink lemonade beer it's like a it's like a more carbonated pink lemonade and it's really good man i try so hard to like sour beers to like the goza beers uh-huh. i just can't i just it's like the only beer i cannot i can't get you know like they did that juicy beer in cleveland or, or it wasn't juicy yeah. it was um oh god what was the beer they did with like homage and it was at the all-star weekend oh i can't remember it was the icy beer uh-huh. like the old icy machines yeah they, like oh, made a food yeah. and everybody okay. was going crazy about it and then i had it one time and i was like that's the last i'm having of these i don't know they just they, just, they don't sit right with me yeah. i don't know what it is i agree yeah like, i don't they're like tart and it's like uh 
I mean, they're literally the name sour. Um, Fair. It's just, it's just uneasy drinking. I don't know. I feel like it's an acquired taste. Maybe it's something you got to like force down for a little while. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, to- and honestly, the only reason I went with this is because we haven't had one yet on the show. So Fair. I figured I- I'd go with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this one, honestly, boys, if you're a lemonade fan, if you like lemonade, you wouldn't mind this. You wouldn't mind okay. this at all. Chad's bringing the beer diversity uh, onto the podcast. What's diversity? I believe it's an old wooden ship used in the Civil War era. Uh, so shouts out, go to Whole Hog Brewery in Wisconsin, to Southern Ron, Brewery down Ron, in Texas. Ron, I doubt this uproar is about an old, old wooden ship. <laughs> uh, shouts out, go to Southern Grist in Tennessee, and also to Dogfish Head over there in Delaware, Took it out of state here this week, but that's okay. Uh, those are our garage beers of the week. Hopefully you have some good garage beers this week. Uh, and let us know what you're drinking. Post it on our, our pages and uh, give us recommendations. We're always looking for them, as you saw from us tonight. So cheers to you guys on your garage beers. Cheers to you out there listening. And let's get into some of the stuff that we're excited to talk about. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't start with the thing that I'm most excited to talk about here uh, tonight, which is... Um, you know, everything that's going on with the Big Ten um, over the past couple weeks, it has been announced that the Big Ten uh, would cancel fall sports. And there is an obvious uproar, um, which for the most part, I think is absolutely insanely stupid. But I get it. And it's expected because people want to watch their sports teams. And so they're going to be upset when they can't watch their sports teams. And that to be honest, is what most of the uproar is about, no matter what anybody says, what most of it is about, Chad. No. Is that people no. want to watch Ohio State, and so they're mad because they can't watch Ohio State, and they're looking no. for any reason why Ohio State should play. But I, I'll tell you, no. I'm going to tell you this, and then, and then Chad, we're going to argue about it. Yeah, uh, we are. There are a lot of good reasons to cancel this. And here's, here's the thing I need you to explain to me, Chad. The okay. one thing that keeps coming out, and I don't – flip and get it is that people keep coming out and saying well they owe an explanation as to why they did this they owe an explanation uh hi it's called covid (laughs) there's your explanation there's a pandemic going on here's your explanation there's no there's no explanation every everything every time covid has been a factor when in changing sports like like down in north carolina people people saying North Carolina or Oklahoma. Every every change that has come in sports because of COVID, someone has come right out afterwards and said, we have a, you know, like like North Carolina, we have a, we have 138 new cases. We've got to shut this down. We're going online. Okay, get it. Oklahoma, we've we, we had nine new cases. We uh, 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 nine cases on the Oklahoma football team uh, of this. So we, we, we have to change this. We have to go to a different plan for this. From the Big Ten, you've heard crickets. You've heard absolutely nothing. For these kids, for these kids who have come back to try to boost their draft stock, or for these seniors who are playing their last game or last year in football that have to, that, that are ending their football careers, yeah, you owe an explanation. Why? Because you haven't heard anything. How about you haven't heard, no, how about you this haven't heard one, nothing? Like everything you just said about like North Carolina or Oklahoma or whatever, it was post things happening. So here's your explanation. We don't want shit to happen. So we're not going to do it this year. Listen, unfortunately, it's going to affect, 
your last year of Mr. Bench player, your last year of your high of your college football career is not more important than keeping the safety and well-being of the kids on that college campus in front of mind. But but there's there, there it's that's the thing. There was no statement that came out. There's no there there was nothing. But isn't it obvious? This. Is it not obvious? No, it's not obvious. It's not obvious. You a, think they're just canceling for fun? No, no, because just a couple of days prior, they were ready to play. They were ready to play. It doesn't matter yeah. that you you've said that a couple of times. You've been like, they got to explain why they released the schedule a couple of days yes. before. Why? Yes. Okay, they were going ahead with business as usual, and then they made the decision to cancel. Like I, I don't know why this is so hard to grasp. It's hard to grasp because nothing. Because with the crickets. Nothing. Am I to just assume that there's just been a big influx and infection? Did they not have a plan going forward to keep these players safe? Like what? Why? Why? These players were expecting to play. I'm not, I don't even care. Like I told you before, like I told you before, if you want to cancel the season because of COVID fine, but you need to say why, because every other, everybody else in sports has always said, even when they were can even when they canceled the NBA and MLB season, I know it's I know college and pro are different things, but even when they canceled, they said we have to put the season on hold because of COVID. You you there's been nothing said. Chad. Nothing said. Chad. Do you know how ridiculous it sounds for you to say that? Do you hold on? How is it ridiculous? No, listen. Why do you think they're doing it? You really need them to come out and say, because of COVID, we are canceling the season. Like what other reason are they would they cancel it for? They they're cost they're they're costing themselves like millions right and now, millions and millions and millions of dollars. What other reason do they have for that? It's like, not like they right want to cancel it. Like right now, right now, there's no there's no reason to believe that any of these players' safety was compromised. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Again, this goes back to the video that I released. The players are one thing. And if this was a professional sports league, which is why you see professional sports leagues playing, which is why you're going to see the NFL play. It's those players go play. And then they're either bubbled up in a, in a location or they go home. Okay. The players that play in college have to go back to a campus where most of them live in dorms where they cohabitate with other kids who are also on that campus when they're eating at the student union, when they're walking to their classes, when they're sitting in their classes. For crying out loud, you've got, again, you brought up North Carolina. The school tried to open for a week and we're like, oh shit, this is not going to work. And they closed. For me, your, your reaction to this, I don't know where it's coming from because it, it's making it sound like you're like the furor over this is making it sound like you think they want to do this. Like, what's, what benefit does the Big Ten have? They are losing millions and millions and millions of dollars. And why are they doing that? Because if one kid, one 19-year-old kid that has a health issue, that's a science major at a college that's in the same class with one of these football players, gets infected and dies, it will be the worst story in any situation you could have out of this. It will literally shut everything down. So they're just being safe about it. Listen, I'm not, I'm not even saying, I, I'm not even saying that they shouldn't have canceled the season, okay? 
but I, I, I need, I need reasons. I need reasons why. I do. What? Sorry, you're killing me with that. If, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me what rephrase. What is the reason? Sorry, so, sorry, if, sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase. If I'm a player, if I'm a player, I don't need it as a fan. Okay, I can go without college football, but if I'm a player, I need reasons why. You don't need reasons okay? why. You need to rephrase that because you know the reason. Everybody knows the reason. What do you Mike, need? You need comfort. Mike, 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 Mike. If if Mike, if, Mike, if, Mike, if, Mike, Mike. if the reasons were clear, Justin Fields wouldn't be, have a petition of over yes, he would. He signatures. wants to play. No, he would. Yes, he wants That's to it. play because he has no because he has no reason. He has no reason why he shouldn't be playing. He just wants he has to no play. no reason why he shouldn't be playing. No, he, he might feel like he doesn't have a reason he shouldn't be playing. A, a, a college My. kid, a college, you know this oh. as much as anybody, a college-age kid, especially an athlete, is going to feel like, whatever, I'm willing to risk this, especially an athlete that has a future in the sport. Their feeling is, I'm willing to risk this. And you know what? If it was a one-off situation, okay but the school can't risk it. You get sick and you get better, fine. But if you infect 10 other people on our campus, that is going to cause us a major problem. So it's, they don't need a the reason. the school's fault this is even happening anyway, Mike, because, because they should have, you're, you talked about the millions and millions of dollars they sustained to lose. Why didn't they have a plan in place if so? But Ohio State players, came out and said they felt very comfortable about the safety protocols that they issued at the university. Again, in a, in a bubble or in a professional sport where you're not sending these people back to other people's kids at these schools where they are all on one campus in one location, it's a different story. But in the college atmosphere, first of all, professional athletes, whose livelihoods and paychecks depend on this. Professional athletes that aren't in a bubble are already displaying to you that they aren't responsible enough to handle this. We've got entire baseball teams that have had to go on hold for weeks. We've got football players that are getting cut from their teams in Seattle because they couldn't follow the protocols. They just, we have two Indians baseball players, two of our best pitchers that, uh, they're not with the team right now because they were too dumb to not follow the protocols. These are professional athletes that couldn't handle it. So now you're right. telling me that on a college campus, these kids are going to follow those protocols. They're not going to go to a party. You saw I, it. The first, this has been like the first week, two weeks of college. And all you've seen from colleges everywhere, are kids just littered out in the streets at parties and just acting as if it's business as usual, because that's how college kids are. And that's okay. But that's the reason for this. They don't need a reason. You don't need to explain maybe. to Justin Fields. He knows why it is. He just wants to play. And like, that's maybe. <laughs> like maybe, maybe not. Okay. But the fact, but, but the fact is, the fact is we've heard nothing about why. We've heard nothing about why. And, and, and there's, there's way too much smoke around this for there not to be any fire. Okay. Okay, they, the, the, the Big Ten presidents said there was a vote, but it wasn't unanimous, like Kevin Warren just said in his open letter to the Big Ten community. Right. Okay. Okay. There, the, <laughs> the proposals to play Big Ten football this fall are out there, are out there. Kevin Warren 
is a coward for not coming out. If if he just came, if he just came right out afterwards and said this, 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 and this, why did he wait? Why did he wait 10, 11 days to give this thing some context? I feel why? like I'm going fucking crazy. You should be because I'm making too much sense for you. You just and keep saying it. we need to know why. You know why. There's a goddamn global pandemic no, that is still ravaging through cities and towns in the United you States. You don't know why. You don't know why. Yes, because, you do. because no, because every no, no, don't even go nuts on me because every level of sports, every level of sports that you go at, there is some context to why sports are canceled. And it's, there's none. There's none when it comes to the Big Ten. Chad, none. They, they didn't cancel Big Ten football because they might get in a car accident. They didn't cancel Big Ten football because of tornadoes. They didn't cancel context. Big Ten football because of leprosy. They canceled it because there's a pandemic in the world, and they're trying to avoid campuses becoming hotbeds for that pandemic. Whether you like – listen, here's the thing. Whether you're out there and listening to this and you like it or not, because I know there's a whole bunch of people that think the pandemic is fake, and there's a whole bunch of people that probably are overly worried about the pandemic, right? There's there's both groups of people. But the fact of the matter is, it is a real thing that's happening. And yeah. these colleges, these colleges, the Big Ten and the Pac-10, have made a decision, like other schools are now doing, to say, hey, listen, we cannot have this become a hotbed and we fear that it will. That's what this decision is. I don't know what, why you need what. Here's my question. Because I'm not even. I'm not. But listen, I'm not even saying. I'm not even saying. saying why. You we need a why. We do. What, what, we other do. Why, what other why could there be? There's no context at every level of sports. Every cancellation of any sport. There's always been context. What other why could there be? What other why? No, you're not listening to what I'm saying. There's always been context when it comes to COVID. It's always been, we don't have the proper protocols in place. We have this so many cases going on. We don't have this. There's nothing. There's nothing. And Kevin Warren has waited 10 to 11 days to even come out with this because he's buckling under the pressure. I just don't know what other why there could possibly be. Like the why is obvious. There is a pandemic. We don't think it's safe to do this. Okay, then. Okay, fine. Fine. Then why is high school sports going on this fall? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Why are the ACC, Big 12, and SEC going forward? Because the South is filled with morons. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> well, well, why aren't they canceled? Well, did you hear this? Okay. All right. All right. So take the Big 12. Did you hear about their vote? Every school in the Big 12 abstained from a vote, and then Texas voted yes. <laughs> so there was one vote. There was one vote, and they just were like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Listen, here's the thing. I don't want to sound too crazy on this either, Chad. Could all of this go down and everything be fine? Yeah. Ultimately, can a whole bunch of people get COVID and be fine? Sure. But while it is still unknown, you have to put yourself, put yourself into a position where kids, you're the president of a university. So kids' lives depend on decisions that you make. If one kid dies on your campus because you desperately needed to have a football season, was it worth it? Mike, Mike, I don't need to have a football season. I don't need to have a – but if I'm a player that has a future in this game and I need to play this season, yeah, I need to know why. Sorry. I need, I need to know why. Again, it just – it feels like the why is answered. I, I feel like what you oh, need – Mike, What Mike, you're asking for is like a – what you're asking for is like comfort. 
No, I'm not asking for company. Need a hug. But I need, but I need, but I need to know why. If 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 these protocols were in place, like these Ohio State players said they were, I or I mean, because I don't, I and, and I'm only singling out Ohio State because I have no idea what's happening at other schools. But I'm singling out Ohio State. Uh, if these protocols were in place. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say for a second. <laughs> that was a good uh, belt. That was a garage belt. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say for a second. Uh, okay, uh, if these protocols were in place, yeah, I need to know why all of a sudden it's unsafe for me to play. As a player, I'm not saying as a fan. Like I said, I, I, I totally, I am totally with you. The pandemic is definitely real. It, it's definitely real. But if you're, t- if, but if, if you're trying to cancel me, when I have a future in this game, if I'm an athlete, yeah, yeah, I, I, I need to know why because that's going to hurt my future. Yeah, I, again, I think it's the the only thing that's weirding me out about what you're saying is that again, it always comes back to this tone that you think they're just doing it willy nilly, like like they want to do it. Like it, it, what a devastating thing for the Big Ten schools, not even Ohio State. You can leave Ohio State out because they they're crazy enough as it is. But what a devastating thing it is for a Northwestern to lose their football season or for Purdue to lose their football season or Nebraska or Minnesota to lose their football seasons. That's devastating for these schools. And you, you, I understand. Listen, if I was a 20-year-old college kid, I'd be the same way. I'd be pissed. This is my future. I want to play. But ultimately, like, you have to put into perspective that this is a devastating thing for these schools to be making this decision to do. They don't want to do this. They want, they want to have a hundred thousand people in Ohio stadium spending all of their money and buying all of the food and the shirts and all the shit that goes with it. They want to do that. So, so there's this, there's just this undertone of everything that you're saying. That's kind of like, you got to tell me why you're doing this. Well, listen, man, we don't want to do this, but we're doing this for the safety of our campuses. That's I guess- what, that's the answer. I, I guess I should re, like, 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 I don't know, rephrase it because I, when this whole argument, I haven't, I haven't talked, I haven't come from the public perspective because I know, because I know and understand why fans aren't going to be allowed in the stadiums. I understand why the whole, the whole public safety, but I, I, you know, you also have to place blame on these universities because why aren't you secluding your biggest money maker? Why aren't you, why don't you have something else in place for your biggest moneymaker on campus? Why? I, I, it, there's, just, there's just too many That's unanswered fair. questions for me. That's fair. And listen, if they came out and said, we're going to have a football season, but the players are, are going to be housed off campus, they're going to have to take all their classes virtually, and they're going to be separated from the main campus society the main the main core of the campus the students on the campus okay and and maybe they should have done that and maybe they are guilty of the same thing that baseball was guilty of which was basically we don't think this is going to be here by the time we're ready to play so we're just going to not do shit about it and then all of a sudden it was like oh shit we got to do shit about this and then it damn near ruined the entire sport of baseball so maybe college is guilty of thinking, oh, this will be gone by the time we're ready to play, and they didn't have those things. But that's pretty much the only way you'd be able to do that. And so maybe they should have done that. But for me, you can't send kids all over the place, different cities, different places, 
understanding that they are not going to just confine themselves because they're not, uh, and then bring them back to, to a campus full of other kids. You just, you can't do it. And, and all it's going to take is one thing. And that, that's what's going to send it over the edge. Yeah. Listen, I don't know about that. I, I, like I said, if I'm, I don't need, again, that's where I'll just kind of end it. I don't, I personally, me personally, I don't need to know why, but, but if I'm a player, especially one who has a future in this game, I need to know why I need to know why. And I need to know what my options are to go play elsewhere. Fine. Yeah. Options to go play elsewhere. Fair. You need to know your options. Sure. Uh, I, again, you just keep using the word why. And I just think it's, <laughs> we know why, uh, we, do, we don't, we don't, but let's move on. Let's move on. You know what? Let's move on. Let's keep it in football though, because there's something else that just has me all riled up one because people don't know what they're talking about and two, just <laughs> ignorance. So let's, let's go into Brown's training camp. Okay. Cause the big news of Brown's training camp, which opened this week, which is really exciting and from all accounts and purposes, playmakers are making plays at Brown's training camp, which, you know, we don't get too excited about. Uh, P.S. The Indians are up six, nothing, which I love. Hey! Uh, uh, Montreal's up three to two. Ooh, on the hold, on, in the hold on. Hold on real quick. Last night was the Indians game. Extra innings. Carlos Santana hits the three run Homer. Fair or foul. Oh man. Uh, I would have to say there was like every single camera angle, except for one showed that ball being fair. So you can't yeah. overturn it. Joe. I agree. It's not disputable. Yeah. There was one weird angle that just made it look like it was way foul, which was clearly not the right angle, but that what uh, I was listening to Hammy talk about it. Hammy was on, uh, I think this morning with Bill Wills uh, on 1100 and he was talking about it. And he said, I've never seen a ball go that high over the foul pole traveling that far. So where you just couldn't make the judgment like that yeah. thing, 450 feet down the line is a monster home run. That, that, that ball would have traveled, maybe would have traveled out of. I, I, I was going to say that. That's damn near. That's damn near out of the ballpark. PNC Park isn't isn't as uh, deep as Progressive Field is. <laughs> no, I mean, what a crazy home run! But yeah, what a what a crazy way to end that game because it really was. You couldn't tell. And 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 the other point he was making is they don't have like the World ca- Series camera set up there where you've got angles for everything. You've only got the yeah. cameras you got, and so yeah. you just got to make that determination. But oh, the Indians' luck. I was sure they were going to come back and say foul, so I celebrated <laughs> a little bit. Carlos Santana with his. Second three-run homer in two days here tonight. He had another bomb here tonight. Uh, but let's go back to Browns camp. So the big news of Browns camp, uh, outside of just Odell Beckham one-handed catches all over the place, uh, the big news out of Browns camp, uh, Nick Chubb in the concussion protocol uh, after being tackled uh, a little high by Mac Wilson. Um, and here's what has riled me up. People are pissed at Mac, Mac Wilson which I get because anytime you do anything that winds up injuring the guy that probably people are more excited than anybody else to watch is Nick Chubb. And so Mac Wilson ends up injuring him. People get mad. Here's what drives me nuts. Oh, they should cut him. That was a horse collar tackle. First of all, if I hear one more person incorrectly talk about what a horse collar tackle is, I'm going to slap somebody. You can tackle somebody by the shoulders. You can tack, you could tackle somebody by the neck. A horse collar tackle, if you're listening to this, please learn something here. <laughs> a horse collar tackle 
is when a player is dragged down in one motion by like the collar of their, the back of their Jersey, the collar of their Jersey. You can actually tackle somebody by the collar of their Jersey if it isn't done in one motion. So you can tackle somebody by the collar as long as it's not like a pull down from behind. A horse collar tackle is a very specific penalty looking to avoid leg injuries that happen when you grab somebody from the collar and yank them backwards while they're running forwards. So please understand, you can tackle people by the collar. It's legal as long as it isn't that one motion. You can tackle either a running back or a quarterback in the pocket with a horse collar tackle. That's legal. So like, I'm, I need people to understand what that rule actually says. And then, and then you watch the video. And you can watch it a thousand times. Mac Wilson tackled Nick Chubb by the shoulders and the neck in a very clean tackle that would have resulted in no penalties would have been fine. And if Nick, if Nick Chubb would have bounced up from that and not had a, a potential concussion, nobody would have said a word about it. But here we are, people saying Mac Wilson should be cut. And then, and then to top it all off, Mac Wilson the next day goes out and has this funky looking hyperextension of his knee and there's potential that Mac Wilson, they, he's going for like another opinion or something, but there's potential that Mac Wilson now is out for a signal. Nick Chubb, I'm not worried about. Uh, no, it sounds no, like everything's that. very precautionary. He won't be out long. Mac Wilson, on the other hand, sounds like he could, that could be like a season. So yeah, injuries piling up, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Chad, what do you, what, when you're reading through this whole thing, what are your feelings on it? Um, yeah, no, Mac Wilson, uh, listen, shit's going to happen in training camp. Like, like fights are going to break out because these guys are real sick of hitting each other. Uh, you know, there's in a guy like Mac Wilson, there's a football players kind of tend to only know one speed and that's full go. So all Mac Wilson is thinking about is trying to tackle Nick Chubb in practice. You know, I, it's not, it's not a personal thing. It's just how it's just what happens. Sometimes your momentum can, can, make you do things in practice that you, you normally wouldn't do, whether it's your teammate or not. So I, 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 people are morons for trying to think that that was uh, an unsafe tackle uh, trying to think that Mac Wilson was trying to purposely injure Nick Chubb. You would not try to injure your teammate at all. And, and then the fact that he got injured the following practice, uh, yeah. it's just the karma, the karma with that is, 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 really bad the karma was strong that's for sure but uh i don't know i'm not buying that there's no karma he didn't try to hurt nick chubb you know karma comes back on you when you're doing bad shit to people but he he made it he made a fine tackle on nick chubb if he would have made that tackle on any running back in the league we would all have been like yeah mac wilson nice tackle let's go but it happens in training camp it results in an unfortunate injury and it is you know it's a bummer but, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I forgot what the tackle looked like, so I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's again. When you find it, you're gonna go. Oh, okay. Uh, a tackle. <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, I remember. I remember watching it the first time and thinking it was like, oh, that's not so bad. But then I, I just wanted to kind of refresh myself. <laughs> so here's another debate Chad and I can have, uh, because this is driving me crazy too. Uh, I feel like I'm doing the Peter Griffin. Like, you know what really grinds my gears? Uh, you know what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears? When people say we should sign Clay Matthews to replace Mac Wilson. I mean, not to replace Mac Wilson, but there's no harm in signing Clay Matthews. No, listen. Without the Mac Wilson injury, 
What am I hearing? Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Why don't you go ahead and volume down your video you're watching, trying to get Mac Wilson injury video. Uh, uh, no, listen, if you want to sign Clay Matthews just to be part of the team as like depth on the edge, whatever, sweet. I am all for that. I would love to see Clay Matthews in a Browns jersey. I would buy that jersey tomorrow. Oh, God. What? I just saw the tackle. That was bullshit. And people are people are t- claiming that was a hard, like a like a high hit. And people are claiming that's a horse collar tackle. That's bullshit. So you people need to relax. Mac Wilson was just playing football, and that's it. Okay. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. These are the same people that also complain because training camp is too soft, and they should be hitting harder. <laughs> and then somebody gets hurt, and they're like, "What did you do?" Uh, all right, so yes, uh, in and of itself, I would love to sign Clay Matthews. I'd be one of the first people to, to buy a modern era Matthews jersey. I think that would be sweet. But but people are like going coming off their minds thinking that Clay Matthews and Mac Wilson play the same position. <laughs> like they do no, not. No. I know they're both linebackers, but like Mac Wilson is like a middle of the field speed cover linebacker type guy. Clay Matthews is a pass rusher. Uh, yeah. not, not to limit him. He's a good football player, but like, let's not go too crazy because you want to sign a nostalgic part of your past son to your football team saying that he can replace Mac Wilson. Like they don't play the same position. You can't. Yeah. Do I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't really have a debate there because yeah, they don't play the same position, but I think that, I think this linebacking core is in desperate need of some veteran leadership. Uh, so Clay Matthews is would definitely be a good signing. I mean, hell, uh, you know, the Browns could sign him to, uh, you know, a very high paying one year deal if they could, uh, could you know, because they obviously they have to keep their financial flexibility open right now. But uh, Clay Matthews would be a good signing, but not to play the same position as Mac. I mean, I, I don't know. We move, you move Taki Taki, you have Taki Taki, then you can move like, I don't know, Willie Harvey in the middle. DJ Goodson. Yeah, something, something like that. So yeah, there's, there's, there's options. There's, I mean, there's not good depth there, but there's there's depth at middle. But uh, Clay Matthews would definitely be a good signing. I mean, hell, I don't actually, I don't know. Did he and BJ Goodson play together or no? I don't know. I think yes yeah. for a little bit, but I I don't remember. Yeah, right, right. So, anyways, yeah, just get off, get off. I don't. It's like the worst of social media is when something unfortunate happens, right? So there's this unfortunate injury to Nick Chubb. And all of social media is now tagging Mac Wilson and being like, you should be cut. You should never play football again, blah, blah, blah. But like, get off social media, you douche. Like, don't, don't be yelling at a guy for playing hard in practice. And and again, you also have to remember, like, Mac Wilson's a second year player. This isn't like Joe Thomas (laughs) or, 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 or Miles Garrett. Listen, man, Miles Garrett can show up to training camp play a little here, a little there, take some days. Remember Joe Thomas used to do that all the time. Joe Thomas would like practice one day and then be off the next two days and then practice one day and then right. be off the next two days. And then he'd come into the season and be the best left tackle in football. Miles Garrett's right. going to do that. Mac Wilson can't do that. It's his second year in right. the league. He's not a first round draft pick or anything. He's still trying to prove himself. He has to play hard in practice for a new coaching staff. So get off his back. Don't be, don't be tagging Mac Wilson in posts telling him how much he sucks and how the Browns should cut no. him. You look like an idiot. No. Right. Especially when he's all about Cleveland and he's all about his work ethic. And you saw, you saw him, you know, his hashtag was, was, was no bark and all bite. Like he was, he, he's, 
we always talk about guys who want to be part of this town, who want to be part of this city, who want to be part of this franchise. And Mac Wilson appears to be all in. And so he just, yeah, get off his back a little bit. He was just playing hard in practice. Nick Chubb isn't bothered by it. So you shouldn't be either. You know, Twitter, Twitter is a cesspool. Like if I, <laughs> I didn't have to be on Twitter, like if it weren't for the show, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on Twitter just because the, it's a weird addiction. I don't know. Isn't it? Like I, it's, I, I love Twitter, but it, you're right, man. Holy hell. Some of the people on there are just the, dumbest <laughs> if i didn't have to if i didn't have to be on twitter i wouldn't be but i, I yeah I, I get it i just i don't know i don't know yeah. i don't know but anyway <laughs> all right let's switch let's switch to baseball let's talk a little baseball there's a couple things i want to get into with baseball and i don't know what i want to do first but i'm going to do this one first because it's a little more recent um so this week the fun story in baseball has been uh some douche canoe for the texas rangers <laughs> loads Fernando Tatis up on a 3-0 count when the Padres are already winning by a bunch. It's a 3-0 count, and he just – the bases are loaded, and he just grooves Fernando Tatis a fastball right down the middle of the plate. So, of course, Fernando Tatis, being right now the best power hitter in the game this season so far, uh, of course, takes that ball, drills it to right center field for a grand slam. And here right. comes – all the crybabies, the, the worst thing of baseball. B people can complain about a lot of things with baseball. It's slow, it's old-fashioned, blah, blah, blah. The worst thing in baseball are these unwritten rules of the game. Unwritten rules. You have to, if you hit a home run, you have to sprint around the bases. If you strike out somebody in a, in a big moment, you're not allowed to show any emotion. Just walk to the dugout. It's the dumbest stuff ever. So here comes Chris Woodward the manager of the Rangers, and he's mad after the game because it was a 3-0 count and his pitcher threw a bullshit meatball and Fernando Tatis, who again is – why do we do this? The dude is young. Fernando Tatis has got to be thinking right now, I'm playing myself into a $35 million contract. I'm playing myself into a $35 million a year contract. The guy's he's trying to play himself into like a monster contract. And here's Chris even, – even Jace Tingler, who – I am a baseball fanatic and I didn't have a flipping clue who Jace Tingler was. If you don't know who Jace Tingler is, apparently he is the manager of the San Diego Padres is oh, apologizing no. No. saying Fernando Tatis should have taken the pitch. And even Tatis was like forced to apologize. This is the dumbest. That you, I, if, if you don't want to give up a grand slam on a three Oh pitch, Maybe don't get yourself into that situation in the first place. Or don't throw a meatball over here right eating. down the dick. <laughs> or, or maybe don't throw a meatball right down the dick. I mean, you guys, you expect a major league hitter to see a fastball out over the middle of the plate and not clock it uh, out to fucking kingdom come. Like, are you kidding me? Tatis is, Tatis is one of the most electrifying players in the game today. And he's, I mean, he's just developing into that now. I mean, what, 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 Chris Woodward? You, it, would it have been different if he knocked it out of the park on a 3-1 pitch? No. No, of course it wouldn't have. Like, were you, were you going to bitch and moan and have sand in your vagina if you hit it out of the park on a full count? No. It just how doesn't. Do you, how, how do you expect a major league hitter not to hit? And the bullshit. And, and, and then, of course, the next, next hitter comes up and the Rangers have a new pitcher and he throws behind the hitter. This shit is such garbage. Right. Such a pro I have to tell you, 
it is a real problem with baseball. Here's you talk about Chad, you talk about bring steroids back, which I do not agree with, but but it was a great time. time. It It was a great time in baseball, but you know what needs the last time baseball was entertaining. You know what needs to be a part of baseball? Pimp your home run. Walk down the damn line. Walk all the way down the damn line. Walk all the way down the line, staring at your home run. Do a cartwheel. Do a somersault. Do a backflip. Who gives a shit? When you're a pitcher and you the bases are loaded and you get brought in in the bottom of the eighth inning in a one-run game and you get that strikeout, throw your shoes at the hitter. Who gives a shit? Like, go crazy. Show your emotion. Have fun with it. Do a little dance. All the players should come out and do a little celebration. Like this unwritten rule stuff of baseball, the the thing that should be frowned upon, the thing that should be punished is just these idiot pitchers that are chucking fastballs at people's heads because they watched a home run too long. Like that, that should be punished. That should be the stuff we're getting out of baseball. Otherwise you don't like hitters pimping their home runs. Uh, maybe don't throw terrible pitches to let them hit that yeah. home run. Yeah, maybe pitch better. Maybe what pitch a, better. The thing, that I, the thing that I loved about it, too, the next night he, he stole third when they were up. Like yeah. Yes. <laughs> one of the, one of the funniest things I saw out of this was on Twitter. Someone posted, like, oh, man, like the Rangers are one to talk because uh, they had that game in 2007 where they beat the Orioles 30-3. to Listen, <laughs> yeah. listen. And here's the thing. I'm sorry. So, okay, if I'm supposed to not swing at that pitch as uh, Fernando Tatis, does that mean that the Rangers, because they're losing by so much, uh, does that mean the Rangers are going to not swing at pitches too because the game should just be over? Right. That's exactly what that means. We're from Cleveland. We saw the Cleveland Indians trailing 14-2 to against the Seattle Mariners. We saw that team come back and win that game. So if you're Seattle, were you supposed to just not play and hopefully the other team doesn't come back? And that comeback started in the seventh inning. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> last time the game was nine innings. So no lead is safe in baseball. Sorry, it's not. <laughs> all right, listen, let's move on to our team because we're all on the same page with that. Again, I would, I would love if there should be an award at the end, an official Major League Baseball award at the end of the season for best bat flip of the season. <laughs> They should give that away right before they give away the MVP. Like, let's have a little fun with this stupid game. Uh, Let's come to our team because we didn't get a chance to talk about this much because we had a wonderful week uh, this last week. Uh, If you didn't listen and you're listening now, make sure you go back and listen to our last two episodes. Uh, Daniel Johnson, Indians rookie outfielder, was on. uh, Awesome interview. Great guy. We had a ton of fun with him. And obviously, last week's episode – Channing Fry, NBA champion from your Cleveland Cavaliers was on. Uh, you do not want to miss that. So if you did miss it, go back and listen to it. But one of the things we didn't get a big chance to talk about was the drama that happened with the Indians. Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak had to go Eesh. out. Oh, damn it. Aaron Savali is going for a complete game shutout, but I think they're about to take him out of the game. Uh, uh, Zach uh, Plesak and Mike Clevenger in Chicago – uh, decided they were going to sneak out of the hotel against uh, team and league rules and uh, go out to dinner with some of their friends. Uh, Plesak gets caught. He has to drive home by himself or in like a car service uh, away from the team. Clevenger lies about it, gets on a uh, 
gets on a on the airplane with the team uh, and it isn't found out that he was with Plesak until later. So now both of them get like a little suspension. They come back, they get optioned down to the minor leagues after what is apparently a very difficult meeting, a very testy meeting uh, where you actually had players coming out. Oliver Perez said that if the, if they came back, he would just leave the team. Uh, Adam Plutko got into a press, Adam Plutko gets into a press conference and he's just ripping them saying that they've lost their trust, that he can't believe they would do something like that. Francisco Lindor was very vocal about it in their meeting. Um, and then to, to put the icing on the cake, uh, as the Pirates score a run, bummer for Aaron Savali, to put the icing on the Mike, cake. Mike, come back. Come Zach, back. Zach Plesak records a six-minute video while he's driving without a seatbelt on, uh, blaming the media. Uh, saying that he didn't do anything wrong, that he that he uh, uh, he abided by CDC rules, and it just was a terrible look. So, what a I don't know, guys. Just a, a disaster. It's a disaster. <laughs> That's a disaster. And these guys should be flipping ashamed of themselves. And I and I'll tell you more of my feelings on it. But Chad, go ahead. Well, you know the thing is. I think he finally got put in his place a little bit, um, you know, cause he took the, he eventually took the Instagram video down. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, cause I think Chernoff, like, this is how it went in my head was it was like, uh, <laughs> this is how it went. This is how it went in my head. Uh, hey, diddling, hey Zach, uh, it's Mike Chernoff. And Zach's like, uh, what do you want? And Chernoff is like, you want to pitch in the major leagues again? And then Zach Plesak goes, shit. And then he don't just go into Instagram video right away. But your thoughts are, but I'm actually more pissed about Clevenger lying about it and then potentially infecting the whole after he flew back on the plane with them. Like, yeah, you know, in in general, you know, in general with COVID, are you going to get COVID? Uh, are you going to get COVID if you just if you go out? No. You know, you might, but you may, I mean, maybe, but maybe not. Like, it's not a guarantee you're going to get COVID, but you are potentially putting your whole team at risk. Totally. I mean, it, it, and even if, uh, you know, it's such a contagious thing that you could be carrying it and not know that you'd be carrying it. And, you know, or even if you do get it and you don't even have severe symptoms, you can transfer it to someone who will have severe reactions to the disease. So it's, you know, it's not something to take lightly. Um, and yeah, I mean, Clevenger lying about that, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty unredeemable. I think in my eyes, I mean, I, I don't know what you do with the players. Like, what do you do with your, like one of your top two pitchers? Um, that's tough. Listen, it's, it's, Mike, Mike, I I was just talking about when when you were getting another beer, I was just talking about, (laughs) I'm actually, I'm, I, I'm actually a little more pissed at Clevenger just because he lied about it and had the potential to infect more players on our team. You know, Plesak, the way Plesak handled it was very immature, but you know, the fact that Clevenger lied about it, I'm actually, you know, more pissed at him because him traveling back on the plane had, you know, the, the potential for much graver consequences for the team. And to be fair, Plesak would have lied about it if he had the chance to. Oh, sure. Sure. That's true. That's true. That's fair. But he got lucky. He got caught. So his, yeah, right. his situation is a little different for him. Right. Listen, it's Lisek in a lot of his video, I said this in my little video, and a lot of his video was right. 
Like, should a guy be tarred and feathered for going out to dinner with some of his friends during the era of COVID? No. Did he go out with five or six friends? Sure, fine. And and then they went back to their house and hung out? Cool, fine. But like, you're not a normal dude. You, right. you, you are a Major League Baseball player. Well, and that comes with higher standards because they have to hold you to higher standards. And that's the thing that kills me. And that's what I said in my video. Baseball has been the worst of all the leagues at coming back out of this COVID thing. They've looked terrible. Yeah. And then they came back and the Marlins had to go off for a week and the Phillies and the Cardinals and all these teams have had to go off. Their perception of how they're handling all this is horrible. So for you to come back, it just was the most naive video by like a kid I've yeah. ever seen. Like he just looked like a kid that was just like he got caught doing something wrong by his mom and he was t- coming up with every excuse as to why it was okay what he did. That's what he looked like. Just like a child trying to come up for excuses for his actions. And again, your actions were not malicious. They weren't, hopefully they weren't harmful to anybody. Uh, They're ignorant. And you did nothing, you did nothing that a lot of people, including myself, haven't done going out to dinner. But I, I don't play Major League Baseball. But there's a level of, I would imagine, trust that you have to have with your teammates when starting a season like this, knowing how loose the rules are, knowing that people could be taking the disease home to their families, maybe some have newborn children, maybe some have uh, disorders that aren't present. Leukemia. Leukemia or other uh, diseases that aren't openly present on the field, but could compromise their immune system. So it's just, it's just selfish. And it's like literally looking at an eight-year-old that got caught taking cookies out of the cookie jar. <laughs> yes. like, well, you know, it was 10 AM. So it's, you know, double digits on the clock. I thought I yes. cookies. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. And speaking of leukemia and cookie, uh, you know, those people who are saying that, Oh, Cookie has the option not to play. Uh, no, 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 no. Cookie is healthy. Cookie is healthy and he wants to play, but he does have that compromised immune system, Zach. So, no. How, how disrespectful that, that's not is that? Actually. Yeah, don't shame Cookie. Yeah. How disrespectful is that? Right. Very like, disrespectful. Oh, yeah, Cookie <laughs> Cookie doesn't have to play. No, Cookie should play. And, and I think it shows uh, for the lack of leadership that Clevenger and Plesak showed, I think it showed a tremendous amount of leadership the way that the team, again, we weren't in that meeting, so we don't know what was said, but we do know what Oliver Perez did. We do know that Francisco Lindor was very, very vocal. Uh, We do know that uh, Terry Francona has been like, yeah, this whole thing is a disappointment. Uh, Poor Terry. He's dealing with his own issues right now. Right. And and, and then then Plesak said this, and my eyes – if I could have rolled my eyes any harder watching his video when he said, well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit in a room for three months. Yes. What everybody else is doing. Yes, you are. Yeah. You make millions. I don't know if he makes millions of dollars yet, but you, you make a lot of money. Thousands and maybe a million dollars. You make tons of money playing baseball and they're asking you to go through a 60 game season and do it with these rules in place. So right. the answer to, am I supposed to just stay in? Yeah. You're supposed to hang out yeah. with your teammates. Play game. We talked yeah. about Daniel Johnson. Daniel Johnson told us, yeah, they go to the hotel. They tell great stories. They laugh. They enjoy being around each other. They're having a good time. You're supposed to go do that. And you tell your buddies in Chicago, I'll catch you next time. I'll, ca- I'll catch you when this is over. 
yeah. but I got to play this season and I got to follow these rules. Oh, and a 60 game season. You're, you're not even asked. They're not asking you to play 162 games. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like the, geez. it's like the Josh Gordon rule. It's like the Josh Gordon rule, dude, you have all the talent in the world. All you got to do. Don't smoke weed for 16 weeks. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Don't smoke weed for 16 weeks. That's dude. all you got to do. That's it. You, you, you have one rule. Just don't be a moron. That's it. And you, and you have it made. Pleasak was having a great year too. He his oh, first yeah. couple of starts. He was having a great year. Now he decided to make this mistake and compromise his teammates. And who knows what's going to happen now? Who knows when he'll be back? Well, and at least, um, you know, I, I don't know how much this means to the teammates, but at least Clevenger came out with the statement uh, apologizing openly for it. I don't know if Pleasak has done anything since that video, um, but at least that's something. Dude, keeping it in baseball for a minute. Uh, <laughs> crazy shit going down tonight in Cincinnati. Man. Oh, you saw it? Dude, it's all over yeah. Twitter. Tom Brenneman. Oh, before, oh. before we get into that, yeah. uh, Tatis just hit his 12th home run. God, yes. So good. I love it. Are they playing the Rangers still? I hope they only play the Rangers yeah, and he winds up with know. 70 homers <laughs> in 60 games. For the year. <laughs> it just, that was so stupid. Uh, uh, so since now, the breaking news tonight, if you're on Twitter, social media, it is everywhere. Oof, it's Extremely well-respected to this point. Uh, play-by-play man for the Cincinnati Reds, Tom Brenneman, uh, gets caught on the Marty air. Brenneman's son. Gets caught oh. on the air. I don't even know what he was, what city he was talking about, but he was calling a city the, uh, the F word, but when referring to um, the gay community, so that F word. It's a, it's a cigarette in London. A cigarette yeah. in London. The the F word capital of the world on the air, he said it. Uh, and apparently they made him get on camera and issue an apology, which was ridiculous. Meaning his apology was ridiculous. Uh, they made him get on the air and issue an apology, and then they pulled him off the air immediately. Done. You're done. You're never yeah, broadcasting I think done. again. I think he's done. Yeah, goodbye. That's it. Goodbye. You should be done. You what are you doing? Yeah. Cancel cancel culture is gonna get you this time. You know what? I hate that phrase, cancel culture. Because yeah. I think people use it like in a derogatory way. Uh hey, Tom Brenneman, I hope cancel culture gets you. Yeah. It should get you. What are you doing? You're at work. Wow. I don't care whether you're on the no, air. It doesn't matter if you're at work. Well, you're right. But at the same Apparently time. He was- Apparently he was talking. He, he, apparently he was say, he said it about Kansas City. Is is Kansas City? Does Kansas City have a huge gay population? <laughs> I don't. I, I've never heard that. Hey, you know, Joe, you made a good point. Uh, you made a good point before. I, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're on the job or off the job. And I didn't make mean to make it sound like that. But the fact is, if you're going to have stupid opinions, if you're going to be intolerant, if you're going to be homophobic or racist or whatever at your house with your friends on your own time, that's not okay. But, but at the same time, like when you're a broadcaster and you're in either in the stadium or you're doing a game, uh, yeah. virtually you're on the clock for your job, right? You can, and you have the responsibility of the influence that you have in that position too. Right? Yeah. You, I can't walk. I couldn't, if I walked into my job tomorrow and was like the F capital of the world kansas city i'm fired like 
done. Bye. Yeah. yeah. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that. So yeah, I don't know. Tom, what are you doing? Tom? Yeah, Brady? Well, See ya. Yeah. That, gen- that generation, I mean, is, <laughs> you know, they, they were kind of raised with that type of environment, but you know, they have to realize, I mean, that's not an excuse, but I'm just saying they have to realize that they can't just spout that off today and not get any backlash for it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he, I, I don't know what possessed him to actually say that, but yeah, that generation needs to realize that you can't just spot that off. And people are, people aren't going to laugh at that nowadays, like they would have back then because people are, are, are with, with every, you know, with everybody, you know, sorry, just shifting positions here. Like I'm sitting on my back. I'm, si- I'm, I'm sitting sorry, on my back. Just turned 70. Yeah. I'm sitting on my, Ugh. Yeah, I'm sitting on my like patio, like back deck right now because, well, it's a better connection. I didn't get better audio out here, but uh, I'm also sitting on the floor, which is wood, so I have to you know, be a little bit careful. Anyway, uh, what the hell was I saying? What was I saying? I don't know. I, yeah, I, never, well, I never know what you're, I never know what you're bottom, saying. Bottom bottom line, well, I know you're like texting somebody right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the in the uh, meantime, listen. Here's the thing. Uh, props to the Reds yeah. or, or Fox Sports or what you know, whatever, whatever, yeah. whoever Tom Brenneman is is employed by. I'm gonna think. I think it's the Reds. Uh, props to them for just saying, uh, "You apologize now and get out." Yeah. And that's what they did. You issue an apology right now and get out, and we'll deal with it after the game. So, props to them for handling it, for not letting it slide. Uh, and last thing I'm gonna say before we get into a little fun game to kind of wrap things up here. Uh, uh, there's a speculation. I guess Tom Hamilton was speculating about this on the uh, broadcast tonight uh, as he was not doing anything like Tom Brenneman because Tom Hamilton is the man. Uh, Hamilton is speculating that with Plesak and Clevenger being down, uh, that Tristan McKenzie might be up to make a start on Sunday. Ooh. So I feel like this was like our, our Unleash the Aggression episode a little bit. We talked about Big Ten. Uh, we had a good, solid argument on that. Uh, we, we passed judgment on a lot of people. Uh, Jace Tingler, who I still am not sure if that's a real person or not. Uh, people being mad at Mac Wills and obviously Clevenger and Police X. So we're going to finish it kind of fun. We're going to talk about some of our favorite things. Uh, so we're going to play. Uh, this is a game that my, that my wife uh, said, you know, you should do this. It would probably be pretty fun to hear what you guys have to say about this. So we're just going to do like this little 20 questions thing. Joe's going to moderate it for us. And uh, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite things and we're going to have a discussion about it. So Joe, uh, you can, you can do this however you want, man. All right. Uh, great. <laughs> okay. That's cool. That's super cool. professional game host right here. Uh, so you should, are... you, should, you should put like, before we get started, you should put like something underneath it, like, like the match game theme underneath this. Or like Jeopardy theme awesome. or something. Yeah. Final Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going 20 questions, Cleveland style. So all these responses that you guys will have uh, will be Cleveland base. We'll do okay. we'll do snake, snake draft. So okay. Chad, Mike, right. Mike, Chad, Chad, okay. Mike, Mike, Chad, you know, you know how snake goes. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll kick it off. Uh, best bar in, and we can. It doesn't have to be Cleveland. It can be obviously suburbs, greater Cleveland area, Northeast Ohio. Uh, best bar to watch a game. Chad. Oh man! Wow. Whew. 
Well, there was a bar back in the day. It's not that it doesn't exist anymore. It was in a powerhouse in the flats. It's called the Rock Bottom Brewery. Oh, and yes. I loved watching games there. I watched I watched Ohio State win the national championship in 2002 there. We got a spot uh, at a little like table for six people right in front of the biggest TV in there. And, and everybody was just so hyped for every game, whether it be Browns, Buckeyes, Indians. I loved the Rock Bottom Brewery. Even though it doesn't exist there anymore, I'm going to go with that. Fair. So I'm going to go way out west. And it's a gripe of mine. Because I think Cleveland, for all of its good, is sorely lacking on really good sports bars. I think it's sorely lacking on places that you can get good. Like, I feel like when you think of really good sports bars, one of the first places that comes up in Cleveland is like B-dubs. It's like, the same in Nashville. It's just like right. chains. And there's no like that good, like local, authentic, like. So I will give, I'm going to give some love downtown to the Winking Lizard because that is a local-ish place. And the downtown place is a cool place. But I'm going to send it way out west in Lorraine County, in downtown Amherst, Lorraine County. There is a sports bar called Ziggy's. Oh, Ziggy's. And oh, yeah. Ziggy's is just lined with huge TVs, amazing beer selection, and amazing food, like fantastic, oh, incredible so food. Good. Okay. All right. And so Ziggy's, I have said it forever. If you could just take Ziggy's, if you are the owner of Ziggy's and you are listening to this, take your same concept and just open it in like Lakewood or Cleveland or somewhere like that, and you will make boatloads of money. Absolutely. Because it is sorely lacking. So I'm going to go with Ziggy's out in Amherst. It's awesome. Well, let's bring in the owner of Ziggy's on this Zoom call. How you let's doing, do Bob? <laughs> Bob Ziggy. Bob Ziggy. <laughs> Bob Ziggy. <laughs> it's a family name. <laughs> All right. Uh, going back to Mike. Best cocktail place to take your wife. Oh, I wonder who came up it with says that. It says best question. cocktail place to take your wives to, but I think you just <laughs> my wives. Well, we my bring, wives have different taste. Uh, can we but... bring Katie in? Can we bring Katie in to answer this? <laughs> no, no. Uh, best cocktail place. Listen, there's great cocktail places. Uh, I love a lot of them, but I'm going to stick with the classic uh, right over here in in Cleveland, uh, just over by Tremont, uh, the Velvet Tango Room. Uh, the drinks are expensive, uh, but it's classic. They got uh, a, p- a pianist named David Blazer playing the piano, playing uh. some jazz tunes. They've got just some of the best cocktails. So I want to shout out other ones, but I'm going to let Chad go there first. Uh, but I-, I like the Velvet Tango Room. Man, I don't know how you can beat the Velvet Tango Room and the penis named Dave Blazer. <laughs> 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 sorry dave but um you know mine isn't really a a a cocktail drinker she's more of a wine person um and and the best restaurant we've ever been to with the best wine selection that she's ever liked was a place you know it's closed down but it's about to reopen to but it was called lore bistro uh and sushi bar it's it's here in downtown willoughby it's reopening soon under the same name because The old, the old owner took over after after it closed down, but it's it's called Lore Bistro and Sushi Bar. Best wine selection ever. They do make one hell of a margarita, though. I mean, I was blitzed off of one margarita, the one night, and it was just, yeah, it was amazing. It, it kind of uh, yeah. sounds like any place you go to, Chad, shuts down at some it just point. Just shuts it down. So 
Please do not go to Ziggy's at any point. Well, yeah, you you see <laughs> the handsomeness of that <laughs> yeah. face now. Clearly, I, I, you know, anytime I walk in a place, they say, "Listen, shut it down." Not, they say it's not going to get any better than this. Call right, the fire department. Shut, we got to shut it down. It's not only a showstopper; <laughs> it's a business stopper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving uh, wait, on. Wait, hold on. A quick shout out to Porco because we in Cleveland Ooh, oh, are yeah. we in Cleveland are very lucky to have one of the great tiki bars. Really, it's a very funny thing. Tiki bars like that you cannot find in a lot of places. Porco is one of the great tiki bars literally anywhere. You know, uh, I've never been there. I've never oh, it's been great. There. Yeah, it's I've awesome. Never been there. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll meet you there. Okay, deal. <laughs> All right, next up. Okay, uh, next favorite local brewery. This is me. I'm first yep. this time. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I th- I'm going to go with Platform. I really do enjoy their beers. I, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's you know, they have they have a lot of, of, of tasty beers. Like, I don't even... Yeah. I, th- there's just too many to count. I just don't... Um, there, there isn't many beers that I've had there that I haven't enjoyed. So, you know, and I, I find myself, whenever I go to the grocery store... Uh, drawn to the platform beers. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go with them. Listen, uh, we are blessed to live in a city in an area like Cleveland that just has good brewery after good brewery yep. after good brewery after good brewery. The newer ones, the ones like Platform, Sibling Revelry, don't forget about Great Lakes, some of the smaller ones. But uh, again, I think the funny thing about this it, for me is that my answer is very obvious to me. I think there's one brewery that just stands out above all the other ones. And that is very high praise because I love all the other ones. But to me, the best brewery in Cleveland is Masthead Brewery. I think they make make the best beers, uh, in my opinion. Uh, They are so good at what they do. And it's it's just an awesome place. So I'm going to, I'm voting Masthead. I mean, you heard Channing Fry last week said the beer game in Cleveland is top notch. And really, you don't you don't realize how good the beer game in Cleveland is until you don't live there. Yeah, uh, right. And I, I give Nashville right. breweries, you know, shit all the time. But really, they're doing phenomenal right now. And the beer scene now compared to, I mean, no joke, like yes. two years ago, yes. two years, it's exploded here. And it's it's not quite at the level of Cleveland, but it's, it's getting really good. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland is definitely lucky to have that kind of scene up there. Joey, jump in. What's your favorite? Favorite Cleveland, Cleveland brewery? brewery? Yeah. Um, hmm. Don't worry. You've only had all day to think about this. I've only had... Well, <laughs> no. Okay. To be fair, I got sent these questions while I was in the middle of a uh, arduous game of Warzone, um, oh. <laughs> which I did lose. Uh, I came in sixth, though. So, you know... Congratulations. A couple things to big build off of for next time. Big, yeah. big yeah. night for you. I almost got chicken dinner. <laughs> Are you serious right now? You're going to send me these questions in the middle of an arduous game of Warzone? That's almost how that conversation went, though. You're not, you're not far off. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but one that I really like and that I've been impressed by, um, and just because I've only get to have these breweries and get the full like flight experience every so often when I go up there, um, but I really like Railroad Brewing Company. I think they got a, a lot of cool... Um, you know, little microbrew type situations that they got going on up there. Um, and shout that's out really to close. Avon, Ohio. Yeah, shout out to Avon. It's real close to uh, 
where my parents live. So uh, we go up there all the time and um, I really like that place. You yeah, have never been there. It's right on route 83 by like Swenson's and all that. So uh, yeah. yeah, railroad brewery. Good, good place. Good call. All right. What's next? Um, okay. Best place. Oh, uh, no. Best burger. Oh, okay. Sorry. Flyers just tied it up. I just, I had to. <laughs> yes, they did. Sorry. I was like, wow, you really are into wow. the best burger. Uh, so the best burger and this place might jump. I don't know what these other questions on this list are, but this place might jump out a couple times. The best burger is one of the hardest to get burgers in Cleveland because the hours of this place are unknown. They just open whenever the damn owners want to open. Uh, they say they open at 9 p.m. So you can only get them like late night. But there's a place almost directly across the street from Platform Brewery on Lorraine Road. And it's called the B&G Tavern. And the B&G Tavern is a husband, a wife, and a father uh, that all work together. And those are the only three people that work there. And the wife is back in the kitchen just slinging burgers and wings and fries and empanadillas. And they are spectacular. And they are the best burgers that you are going to find in Cleveland. I can can attest to that. They are... They are so good. I I went there once with you, Michael, and my dad. And I remember probably like two bites out of my burger. Um, <laughs> well, it was in fairness, it was after opening day. It was opening day. Uh, yeah, it was opening day. I was going to say, I thought Ohio State and Michigan was playing, but I think that was a different time. It was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they all yeah. kind of meshed together. The B&G, if, I'm telling you, if you're out late after 9 p.m., Go into the B&G. It's a dive bar. It's like a pool hole. It's not the cleanest place on the planet, but it's fine. And get the food there. It is some of the best food. Literally, I think it's the best bar food in Cleveland. All right, Chad, what do you got? Two things. Two things before I get to mine. One, did you say empanadillas? Yes, that's what they... Isn't it empanadas? There are empanadas. Uh, yes, but they call them empanadillas. You have to go try them for yourself. <laughs> and two, and two. How many times have you been there? Me? A thousand. One. How many times have you been there after a night of drinking? Every time. Yeah. Okay. That might change things a little. No. Okay. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Because during the pandemic, on. Uh-huh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, they opened at five o'clock. They usually don't open till nine, but they opened at five just to serve food. Okay. So my wife and I, we ordered takeout from there uh, twice and brought home the food completely sober. And it was maybe better. So no, the place is great. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. What have you been doing? There's a get-go gas station. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a tiger um, by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tiger stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've had too many, like, local bar burger places. So I'm just going to go with an obvious one, like 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 bars, like B-Spot. Okay. B-Spot burgers, yeah. I think, are delicious. That's okay. Um, yeah, so I think that's good. I, I, I'm sure I've had more bar burgers, but I just... Nothing comes to the top of my head right now. So I'm just going to go with B-Spot because I think those burgers are delicious. And how can you argue with a Michael Simon burger? I don't know. So Yeah, I agree. I don't know so much about the east side. I know the west side is just chock full of these, like the Buckeye beer engine. Crazy Uh, good burgers. There's just a lot of good burger places over here. There's one. I went to one on the east side that was supposed to be like famous for their burgers. It's in like Euclid. 
mm-hmm. and it's oh. like this little oh. tavern place. Yeah, oh, I don't know. that's gonna bug the hell out of me because Sorry. my dad and I used to because my dad my dad coached at Willoughby South for thirty five years, and he used to talk to me about this place. Like I feel like it's time. a place that's nostalgic, like Bearden's over here. Yeah. It's Bearden's. Ooh, Bearden's is right. good. But Bearden's, like, if we're if we're subjectively judging burgers, Bearden's doesn't have the world's greatest burgers. But it's like that nostalgia. Like everybody over on the west side has been going to Bearden's their yeah. whole life. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Like, no, one hundred percent. And like Joey's grandparents' first date was at Bearden's. Like, that's that's what yeah. Bearden's is. That that's what I felt like this place in Euclid was because we drove over there to experience these burgers, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not. Don't think I'm coming back here, but. Anyways, it's like, uh, but it's like, but it's it's a, it's a place they put like sirloin steak on their burgers. Something. I know exactly Man. what you're talking about. Something. Oh god, that's gonna bug me. That's all right, Chad. Okay. You're up first on the next one. Best place to meet up with a group of friends. Ooh. Oh. That's Chad. Oh. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. I mean the, I mean, there's just so much like, so many variables in there. Like best place to meet up with like. For like activities, blessed place to meet up for food, blessed place to meet up for, for drinks. Whatever like, you want, Chad. Best place. Oh, wow. I think it's a Browns game, you know, because you have yeah, the you togetherness go. of tailgating, the, t- the, together, the togetherness of tailgating beforehand. You know, you play your cornhole, you play whatever games you toss the football around. And, you know, everybody, you, you're meeting up, you meet new friends because everybody's walking up and down cheering for, cheering for the Browns. I'm and down and with that. you go into the game, it's 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 awesome. It's going to a Browns game is an awesome experience. So that's that's my that's my opinion. Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm keeping it in the same damn neighborhood. That's probably just I probably just <laughs> hang out there too much. Branch out, but damn it. Like there's a lot of fun places. I'm with you. Uh Wild Eagle Saloon downtown, if you're down there for like a pregame, is fun because you can just play games and all that. Uh but I'm gonna say one of the most fun times that I've had, and it's been several times, there's a place, again, by B&G Tavern and Platform on Lorraine Road called Forest City Shuffleboard. Ooh, and it, yeah. is, it is a blast oh, yeah. because they have just like the shuffleboard tables, but then they have the full-on shuffleboard. And it's in like, they built like a stadium for it. Uh, they've got good beers. It's just a good time. So I, I like hanging out there at Forest City Shuffleboard, but I, I, I don't know. I like everywhere else too. All right, what's next, Joe? Best patio. Oh, that's easy. That is the Harp, uh, right on the shoreway, uh, in Cleveland on the west side of Cleveland, just on the west side, uh, and it is one of the few patios in the city of Cleveland itself that actually like looks out over the lake, and just is, it's just a perfect time. So it's a, uh, it's a good restaurant. The food's delicious. The beers are good. Obviously. But the best patio to me is the Harp in Cleveland. Yeah, I 100% actually agree with you. Uh, it's, it's the best patio, best food. Um, it's also got one of the best views in Cleveland. So yeah. Harp patio is 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 where I'm going. Unanimous choice on the Harp. All right, Chad, we agree on things. Joe, what's hey. next? Best pizza. Oh. All right, Chad, you're up. Oh, God. There's a place, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. It's on the east side here. Uh, it's called Noche. And it is incredible. Ingredients are fresh. Crust is good. It's not too thin. It's not too thick. It is just perfect. So, Noche. 
in Beachwood. Hundred percent. If you disagree with me, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, I've not been to Noche, but I'm going to go to West 65th uh, in the Gordon Square area. And uh, right down uh, across the street from Stone Mad Pub, there's a place called Il Rione. And it is ah. phenomenal. It's just a, it's like a wood-fired pizza, spectacular little place. You can get wine and beer and pizza, but there's only room for like 20 people in there. And it is, the, the pizza itself is delicious. So I'm going with... Il Rione for best pizza in Cleveland. Dave Portnoy was just there. Yeah, and uh, fucking. Hey, <laughs> what was that place uh, we went to? Was it Lakewood? Oh, Humble Wine Bar. Humble. After we went out to like the wineries. Okay, if you're in the gluten-free pizza game, uh, Humble has the best gluten-free pizza I've ever had. Because usually when you have gluten-free like crust, it's like super like um thin and it like disintegrates but there's just like a straight up like thin crust and was so delicious so if you're in the gluten-free realm realm uh humble is the bomb all right all next right. uh favorite sports venue i want to open this one up if it's not cleveland what is it oh so we're saying not cleveland uh, or skinnies. cleveland skinnies is the yes grill is who you're talking about in like euclid yeah okay yeah all right so favorite sports venue all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna start in cleveland and i won't give any explanation for it but obviously i think uh progressive field is standing the test of time the fact that it's been open for 26 years is crazy and it is withstanding time i think they're doing a spectacular job keeping it up i think the improvements that they've made to the corner bar and some of the parts of it are awesome and i think we are very lucky to have really just a jewel of major league baseball if you think about the fact that the rangers ballpark opened two years before progressive field and they've already moved into a new ballpark um uh, i think we're very lucky outside of progressive field i'm going to be a homer to my alma mater and I'm going to tell you the best place on the planet to watch a football game is Kyle Field, Texas A&M University. It is an experience unlike anything you have ever experienced. People will roll their eyes until they go there. And then they experience what it is like to actually feel the stadium shaking around you with 107,000 people never sitting down during the game one time, uh, jumping around. And it is stuff of legend that you can actually feel the stand sway. Uh, and, and the, the atmosphere there, um, I thought when I moved down there that I was just an Ohio guy, an Ohio state fan, whatever. I went to my first Texas A&M game and I immediately became an Aggie at that game. That was my christening. So Kyle field, Texas A&M, the best place to watch a football game. You know, in Cleveland, I, I'm actually in complete agreement with you. Uh, Mike progressive field, I think is just a gem of a ballpark. I mean, I think it's, you know, I, you know, I've been to, you know, I have a bucket list where I'm going to be at third, you know, I, I want to go to every ballpark, you know, before I die, but uh, 12, I, 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 out of the 12 ballparks I've been to so far, you know, I, progressive field is just one of the best, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's really great. And contrary to what Mike says, and, you know, granted, I haven't been to Kyle field. I would love to go sometime, but I have felt the stand sway underneath me before inside lane stadium at virginia tech um uh, it, it's you know before the game starts 
it is, you know, Metallica's Enter Sandman plays. And I've never seen, you know, obviously, again, I've never been to Kyle Field, but I've never seen an entire stadium jump like they do for uh, Enter Sandman. When that, when that first, when those first couple of chords of Enter Sandman plays, doom, 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 that entire <laughs> stadium goes bonkers. And, yeah. and, and, and it just, it, it and yeah, I guess like I said, like, when I talk when I talk to a, a local around there, I guess it registers on the Richter scale whenever yeah. that late that stadium <laughs> jumps to enter Sandman. So that was one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever been around. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech. Cool, Joe. Anything to throw in there? No, it would just be redundant. Okay, Progressive feels great. That's my favorite place to watch anything ever. Nashville Predators. You know it's second. <laughs> Next. Uh, <laughs> Best kept secret in Cleveland. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> Nothing like finding your best. Oh, that's well, me. Or, that's me. or that's better yet, if you don't have a best kept secret, maybe like the best kept like thing you've been able to do during a pandemic when you can't really do shit. Oh, man. Either or. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe I'll stick with food. Uh, the best sandwich I've ever had in Cleveland and my money is Urban Twine. Urban Twine there on Lorraine Avenue. It's between 41st and 44th. Uh, it's honestly, in my opinion, you know, sandwiches are anywhere between 10, 12 bucks. Best, sam- best sandwich in my, in my opinion. All right. So I'm going to go with, uh, we're going to go over to the east side, uh, not far from Shaker Square. There's a place called Quintana's Barbershop. <laughs> mm. uh, Joey's been there, right? I have. Yes. So here's, here's the deal with Quintana's Barbershop. Quintana's Barbershop closes at night. And upstairs in Quintana's Barbershop, you go upstairs, you see the bathrooms, you see a bookshelf, whatever. Well, if you push a button on the bookshelf, the door opens, and there's a speakeasy behind the bookshelf. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they serve incredible cocktails. And there's room for what? Maybe like 15 people in there total? Oh, it's so small. Yeah. It's little. It's small. It's above this barbershop over on the east side. And uh, I think there's a lot of people that don't know about it. But it would also fall under that category of really good cocktails. Uh, and they do it right. So yeah. Quintana's Barbershop and Speakeasy oh. over there on the east side. You know, you know, I'll I'll do one more real quick. It's uh, called Hell's Hollow. It's a hike out here on the east side again in Painesville, Ohio. Water is crystal clear blue. Scenery is beautiful. Uh, you know, if you if if you're an outdoorsy person, it's definitely the place for you. So Hell's Hollow. So that's the other that's the other thing. Um, we might have covered this in one of the early episodes. But favorite <laughs> liquor store or like favorite place to get your garage beer? Easy. Lakewood, Ohio. Simone. Lakewood, Ohio, Detroit Road, Simone's. Simone's. What are we what are you what are you making fun of Simone's for? Simone's is Simone. Simone's is the best, certainly the best beer store uh in in at least over here on the west side. I mean, well, you know, for me, it's really easy. There's a state store right up the street from me. You know, I go in there, I request any beer they want, and they usually get you usually get it for me. Uh, and if not, and if they're really, you know, and if they, they, they're all about pleasing the customer, and if they don't get the beer that I want, they actually give me a uh, like 24 ounce bottle of something I've never had before for free. So <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, all right. Who are you emailing, Mike? Who are you emailing or texting or you're, no, you're nobody down this, 
You oh, I've, down this whole I, I was listening to Tom Brenneman's apology, which was a disaster. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Favorite celebrity from Cleveland. Wow. Favorite Cleveland celebrity. Do they have to be from Cleveland or can they have a tie to Cleveland? Uh, from, from Cleveland. What, from what, if they, Cleveland. what if they lived here? It's easy. It's easy to do someone who has a tie to Cleveland. Do favorite from someone from here. Shit. Shit. <laughs> uh, is it my turn? I'll go. Uh, I think yeah. It is. Oh, okay. I'll go. I think yeah, Drew, go, Drew Carey is my favorite. All right, go with Drew Carey. Yeah. That's. I got Dang no it. explanation. I got, I got quick, nothing for quick, it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Man, uh, I am going to go with, uh, I guess I'm going with Halle Berry, because how could she not ah! be? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I no, was going to say Tom Hanks. I was going to say Tom Hanks, which is why my question got asked. But uh, okay. Uh, okay, Halle Berry. You can take Tom Hanks. I'll take Halle Berry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I actually met the guy who went to prom with Halle Berry back when she was in Bedford High School. So, uh, yeah, and apparently she's just as nice as she's ever been. So, uh, Queen Halle, if you're listening out there, which I know you totally are, uh, <laughs> how about you come on the podcast with us sometime? <laughs> um, all right. Favorite Cleveland apparel store? <clears throat> and not Walmart. CLE, CLE Clothing Company. Like, but that's I don't know. To me, the Cleveland the Cleveland clothing stuff is so played out right now. There's just so much of it. I'm just gonna go with the original, or at least one of the only ones I know is CLE Clothing Company. Uh, to me, there are three Cleveland clothing stores that mean anything, and then the rest of them are just like old. Uh, I think GV artwork means something. Um, I think the CLE Clothing Store means something. And I think homage, even though that's, I think, based out of Columbus, but they do a lot of stuff in Cleveland. Uh, so I actually like homage the best. I love some of the stuff they sell in there. Uh, their store at Crocker Park is great. So I'm going to go with homage. Uh, Chad went with CLE, and Joe's wearing CLE pants. It's great. Um, okay, two more. Two more. Best golf course. Shit. Oh. Oh. Best golf course? Yeah, I think you're up, Mike. You're up. Your I am up. Your, your favorite. Yeah. I don't think we can say best. Man. Oh, Cleveland's got some, like, serious good golf courses. Uh, we got we got the legacy course at Sweetbriar over here. If you've not been out to Valley of the Eagles in Elyria, it's spectacular. Yeah, just, just open to the public. It's beautiful. Um, uh, if you've not been out to, to um, uh, Boulder Creek, out in Streetsboro. It's awesome. Great course. But I think I'm coming to the east side for this. I think my favorite course in Cleveland that I play every time I play it is Manikiki. I love Manikiki. Uh, even though it's Manikiki's a, awesome. I, I tend to hate Metro Parks courses because they, they're crowded and the pace of play is ridiculous, but I love Manikiki. Yeah, man, the pace of play of Manikiki is not bad at all. Um, God, I'm going to have to do a tie. Like, I have two favorite courses that I play uh, up here. First one is Fowler's Mill out oh, there in Chester. Oh, I forgot about Fowler's Mill. It's amazing. Fowler's Mill is just incredible. And the other one, 
I don't know. I actually go down south a little bit, down into Worcester, and it's called Hawk's Nest. Hawk's Nest is just also uh, incredible. It's a lynx course. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's one of the first ones I played. You know, it, to me, um, what what are those? What's the one I'm done? It's called Shale Creek. Shale Creek. Great. To me, this is it's like it's like a copy of of Shale Creek, but like Hawk's Nest was like the original. So that's that's those are my two top favorite right. courses in a while. Okay, so the last one is your favorite uh, Cleveland season. So sports season, and why was that your favorite season? Uh, is, that, is that me? Yes. Yeah. That me? Fall. Fall. Hundred percent. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Fall. And you know, it, it, I don't know. It's because maybe I played football, but there's just there's just a smell in the air when yeah. the, when the, when it's football season. It's, it's with the with the with the, with the grass. Like, you know, the, when I played football, it was just like the sweat from the locker room. You know, you had the steam coming off your head. Uh, there's just, I know, I don't know. It's perfect. Like, I'm a hoodie and shorts guy all the way too. So fall is just my favorite season. Listen, I will agree with you that fall is my favorite season of life, <laughs> the season of the year. But I think my favorite sports season is the spring, early summer. That is Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, baseball opening day, it, it just, oh, okay. everything is, everything's going on right there. And as much as I love football, I don't really, I don't really care about the begin. I love, I love hockey and I love basketball, but it's the beginning of the season. Fine. Uh, obviously you get baseball playoffs in the fall, which is awesome too. To me, it's close, but sports season. I like the spring uh, where baseball's kicking off, but basketball and Stanley cup playoffs are going. I love that. Yeah. I like, uh, I can't, I'm kind of with Chad. I like the fall. I think I think that's my favorite time. Yeah. It's got yeah, I I totally know what that smell you're just It's just like yes. crisp air. Oh we all oh. know the smell. That's oh. that's so yeah. fun. phenomenal. Yeah. I think like yeah. I one thing I miss about being in Nashville is snow and having yeah. I mean, we have boss mills and brandy wine, which are great. Obviously, not like the craziest slopes in the world, but uh, you know, I miss like doing ski club in high school and being able to have that option yeah. <laughs> to go out and do winter sports. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of a big winter guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike, and then Mike misses home openers being snowed out. It's good. <laughs> listen, <Yeah>. listen. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be it for our uh, Cleveland 20 questions game. Uh, hopefully you learned a little something about us uh, again, jump onto our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. It's at the garage beers. And then you can find us at the garage beers podcast on Facebook let us know some of your answers to some of those questions, uh, some of your favorite things to do around Cleveland, because uh, we like to go try things out. And maybe we'll, uh, we'll give you a garage beer shout-out if we try out some places that you like. Um, otherwise, again, go follow us on Twitter, at Garage Beers Mike, at Garage Beers Chad, and at Garage Beers Joe. Otherwise, this has, been, uh, this has been a good time. We ended it on a good note. We had some arguments. We had some heated moments. But we had a good time at the end. Guys, you got anything to add before we head out? Ooh. No. Uh, no. Had a lot of fun tonight. I didn't get my aggression on this podcast, but I did get it out yesterday. I'm, oh, starting, no. I'm starting a softball. Well, I'm playing a softball league with, you know, the masks and the social oh. distancing. And uh, me and a couple of the guys on the team were just shagging fly balls and doing a little BP at a softball field yesterday. And it was the most magical feeling thing in the world. 
<laughs> it was so great. Brand new, brand oh. new softball bat. It literally felt like it was just oh, like hitting a feather. I was murking home runs. It was great. That's awesome. And okay, so I do have one thing to add before we go. In case anybody's wondering, the bar we were talking about in Euclid is called Skinny's, and they're famous for their Viking burger. It's a half pound burger topped with grilled steak tips, sauteed onions and mushrooms, A1 sauce, American and Swiss cheeses, lettuce, tomato, and a toasted Kaiser bun. Ooh, that was that was really good all the way around. Your cholesterol must be under this number to consume I, this burger. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have a heart Listen, attack yeah. after that. One. I am willing. <laughs> I'm willing to give the place another shot. Again, I went over there once and thought, eh, it's okay. But I'm willing to give it another yeah. shot. Uh, so we'll there's, have a, to do there's that. a burger place in there's a burger place in Vegas if you're over 350 pounds that you eat free. <laughs> well, I could work on that. I could I could get to work. <laughs> But anyways, that's going to do it for us. Again, throw your suggestions at us. If we didn't list a place that you loved, let us know, and we'll go try it out. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back same time uh, next week. For Joe down there in Nashville, for Chad on the east side, I'm Michael Keefe saying thank you for joining us this week. Hope you had as much fun as we did, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers, everybody.